0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Horror Haven Podcast. I'm Dylan. I'm Steven. I'm Sierra. I'm Erica. And today we're going to be going over urban legend-inspired slashers. The movies we're going to be talking about are The Town That Dreaded Sundown, The Burning, and Madman.
1: Before we get started, folks, I have come down with a really bad cough that I'm still fighting, so uh, just bear with us. Um, You know, I didn't want to miss out on the episode because I had a lot to talk about with these films with everyone. So if you hear some uh, coughing or whatever, just know that I have... I've been battling a serious cold. But with that being said, take it away, Dylan. Jenkins, age 19. Brutally
0: attacked March 3rd, 1946. Howard W. Turner, 29. Lou Cook, 17. Bodies discovered in a wooded area on March 24th. Roy Allen, 17. Peggy Loomis, 15. Both found dead April 14th in Spring Lake Park. Floyd
1: Reed, age 34 murdered in his home on May 3rd. Mrs. Reed shot twice, but survived. This man's identity is
0: unknown. He was believed to be between 30 and 40 years old. He wore a white
2: hood and was known only as the Phantom Killer.
0: The first movie we're gonna be talking about is The Town That Dreaded Sundown. It was released in 1976 and directed by Charles B. Pierce. The movie focuses on the Texarkana Moonlight Murders that took place in the 40s, where couples would go missing or be murdered on... Lover's Lane. Lover's Lane. The movie follows police as they pursue the killer and try and find out as much about him as possible. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I like this movie. What about you guys? You know what's scary is the fact that this really took place... Yeah. At one point, I think in the 40s, and this film did a good job of portraying the 40s and giving some background history of like what was going on and just making it like look legit. I also noticed with the guy that was doing the narration, his he was also the same narrator for uh, The Legend of Boggy Creek, which came out, like, I want to say, three years before that film. And what's funny is because that film also takes place in, like, the Texacana, Arkansas area. So it was kind of just interesting to hear that uh, narration voice again. It's yeah, funny it you say that, cool.
0: Stephen, because the fact that I had to tell you was <laughs> that... The director for this movie, Charles B. Pierce, was the director for The Legend of Boggy Creek. And oh, shit. The end of the movie where it's showing like the footage of the swamp and stuff was actually leftover footage from when they filmed that.
1: Yo, that's crazy that you say that because as I was watching <laughs> that, that shot really reminded me of that movie.
0: Yeah, I I, 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 know. I saw that on there and I was like, I have to tell Steven this. I was like, please do not look into this movie at all because <laughs> I have to tell him this. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that is a crazy connection right there. I had no idea it was the same director.
0: What I liked about this movie was it did a good job of showing that anybody could be the killer, especially when it focused in on, like, the shoes of, like, random people. Like, when the police are at the restaurant, um, like, it shows the person get up and walk out, and it shows their shoes, and then uh, when they're online for the movie, it shows their <laughs> shoes, and it's showing, like, any of these people could have been the killer, but because the the case to this day is unsolved, so...
2: The real case.
0: The real case was unsolved. The movie itself, they say that it's very loosely based. We looked into it a little it's bit. It's
2: actually, honestly, very, very close to true. Yeah. Um, a lot of the murders were a lot less... I wouldn't say less violent, but, but different. There's a murder that you'll see in the movie where the phantom ties a woman to a tree and uses her trombone as a weapon uh he tapes a knife to the end of it and stabs her in the back repeatedly that didn't happen the woman who did die did was in the band she was leaving a concert just like you had saw in the movie but she played saxophone and she was shot she was not stabbed the main differences that you see from the true story to the movie is the way that they died not necessarily that they did die they kept it true. There were survivors in the movie. There were people who died in the movie. It was pretty true the amount of people that they showed murdered in the movie to the real happenings in the 1940s. Um, so, I, honestly, for the most part, I'd say it followed it pretty well. It was just they kind of elaborated more and made it a little more interesting the way that the murderer... The
3: theatrics. Yeah, yeah.
2: The, yeah they just made it a little crazier.
0: Well, there was a there was also the couple in real life that was attacked in their home and I think since then they have disregarded that from the actual mm-hmm. case of the phantom. Yeah, killer. Yeah, they're
2: now saying that that was unrelated. They think they also are. They also go back and forth on the first couple that survived mm-hmm. because they said they're the ones that gave the description of the phantom killer. That said, he was wearing a sack on his head, you know. And they argued about what he looked like, what he sounded like. But there, that's the only instance of what he looked like. And they're saying that they don't even know if that's connected to the rest of the murders.
0: Like Sierra said, the murders. They were done over the top a little bit but she pointed out when we were watching it's very strange the things they decided to keep and the things they decided to cut out Uh, and part of me wonders if it has to do with the time that the movie was released Mm -hmm. because the murders were a lot more violently depicted in the film but there were certain things that happened in real life that were left out like for example the couple who survived uh, the woman was sexually assaulted with the gun of the phantom killer but in the movie, they specifically say that the surviving couple, the woman was not raped or attacked sexually.
2: Sexually, yeah.
0: Things like that. Like, it, it's it's weird the things they decided to keep and the things they decided to leave out, but...
2: I think overall it's a really good movie, and it's really interesting. Um, the people of Texarkana, it happened in the 40s, so the people living there now, the majority of them were not there when that happened. So a lot of them don't even realize how how fake the movie is in mm. comparison to the the real events. They're very swayed by the movie thinking that these are the way that people actually died and uh they're they're not necessarily depicted the way that they happened.
0: Well, I think it goes back to to like and I want to get into it more when we go over like The Burning and Madman, but I think it goes back to just town legends because mm-hmm. everybody has like legends from where they're from, of like violent things that happen and all these murders. I mean, for us, we have Lundy's and there's like so many stories, and it's depicting. Oh, it's, the it's like, yeah, like crossing over facts from reality is hard at times, and I think that's what it is. An interesting thing about the people in Texarkana, though, is every year they screen the movie, a drive in movie at where?
2: Spring Lake Park, which is where um, the first couple. We're attacked.
0: Yeah, and it's this big event that goes on, and it's actually shown in the The sequel. The remake. Remake sequel, yeah.
2: Reimagining.
0: Where, I don't want to get into it too much, but the killer in that movie is actually a copycat of the actual movie. It's very, like, meta film. It it all stems from the drive-in film that they show every year. So I thought that that was pretty interesting, and that's on my bucket list
2: is to uh, go see see it. Yeah, that
1: would be a very cool experience. I really like the whole legend. Well, not so much a legend because it really happened, but kind of the folklore that they build up after the movie was released on uh, the whole town in Texarkana, Arkansas. Also, uh, I really liked in the movie how they showed how, how serious the town was taking it. And everyone was like, "It really lives up to its title, the town that dreaded sundown." Like mm-hmm. after like the first killing, or I think it's the second one, like you really start to see people like. Locking their doors, changing the locks, like, putting things over their windows. Because, like, in reality, the whole town was in fear because the killer was never caught. And the film does a great job of uh, showing that it could have been anyone. Like you said, Dylan, with the whole restaurant scene where it focuses on the foot, it's just like, for all we know, that was the killer listening into the police's plans at the dinner table right there. Um, And it leaves that, you know, mystique to it which is really scary <laughs> in reality.
2: I'm glad that you brought that up actually because um, when that scene was happening where it was showing that the people were buying guns and they were locking their doors, that's actually all true. Like they could not get enough locksmiths in that town to change the locks on their doors. Every gun shop sold out of ammunition and guns in Texarkana during this time because people were. Oh, in so that fear. was. That was true. Yeah, all wow. of that was true, too. Th- that-, that truly happened. When the murders were going on in the 40s, people bought out the guns. You could not find guns in a Texarkana because people were so fearful, they, like, went out and they... Well, you have to think,
3: too, that it happened in the 40s, and this is right after the war, and (coughs) that was the worst thing that was going on at that time, so I think a lot of the hype behind it was that they weren't expecting it, you know what I mean? Like, you you just came out of a world war, and that's pretty much, like, the worst thing that could happen. But then, all of a sudden, now you have a serial killer, and you, you know, there's the possibility that that fear is it's it's totally different and plus you have to think that they touch base on a lot of the uh men were coming home from war. so you were dealing with a lot of people who probably have shell shock ptsd mm-hmm. they were shitting bricks because yeah like all oh, right yeah. so you know get what we can because we're about you know wreck shit
2: no absolutely um more focusing on the movie rather than the actual events i think the movie made some really cool choices specifically with the phantom i loved whenever he was in a scene how uh, it would like zoom into his face real close and you could see and you could hear him breathing and the the sack over his head would be going in and out and like his eyes were wide and they're like the icy blue like you could see the insanity in his eyes it was so well done.
3: Going back yeah. to last week's episode with with uh, the Friday the Thirteenth franchise, the very first Jason had a similar character with a sack over his head, and if you look side by side with this character versus that one, this is what I would have liked to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah. they they executed it so well in comparison to the other movie. Yeah, yeah, well that's the whole time we were watching it.
0: Sierra was pointing out, she's like it's so creepy the way when he breathes, like, the bag just goes mm-hmm. back and forth, and, like... You can I, tell he's
2: breathing heavy. Yeah, he's breathing he's like heavy. excited almost. And it's not
0: even that, it's the sound. Like, they added post-production, and you can tell that it's added post-production, obviously, because it's in every single shot, not just where it's showing him, but the heavy breathing, and it does such a good job of building up the suspense of, like, how is he going to kill these people? What's going to happen? And I, I really think that that was a great choice. You can
2: really see in his eyes, too, when he's coming up with ideas of how he's going to take it. Like, back to the the woman who was killed by the trombone. He ties her to the tree, and at first you don't know what he's going to do. And he's kind of looking around, and then he sees the, the trombone, the case for it. And he picks it up, and he lifts up the trombone, and he starts playing it a little bit. And he's like, okay... And then he grabs the knife, I think it was in his boot, he grabs the knife and he tapes it up and he's like testing it out to see if it actually is going to work. And like you can kind of see like uh, in his eyes like those wheels turning in his head like, huh, this could be cool, you know. And I, I think that adds to the scariness of it because it- he's a psychopath, you know, he's really crazy.
1: Yeah, I'm happy you brought that up actually because... The one thing I did take away from the the hooded uh, or the phantom killer was that the heavy breathing, I feel like maybe Michael Myers was inspired by that a bit, you know, because mm-hmm. we hear a lot of his heavy breathing behind the mask. So that did add to the creepiness. Also, again, completely agreeing with you guys, the look in his eyes is of complete malice. And sad- like he's just a sadistic looking individual where only true evil, like, just has that look in their eyes. So, a great example, again, that you pointed out is, yeah, when he's messing with the trombone and attaching the knife, you can almost see, like, a light bulb pop in his head, and it's it's sick, it, and it's very uncomfortable, because they do a great job of capturing the eyes in that.
0: Well, not only that, but it does a good job of showing, like, how intelligent the killer is, because... You know, you have a lot of movies, not necessarily around this time, because the slasher really wasn't a big genre then, but you have these, like, dumb, senseless, mindless killers that just, you know, powerhouses that just go through. This killer was very much human, and he was very much intelligent, I would say, with the way he thinks things out. And his... The way he executes, not pun intended, but, like, the way he executes his kills, like...
2: You know what I've noticed... And it's not just with this movie either. It's with it's with the movies for this. Um, they're slashers with a with a good story. Like a lot of slashers, kind of just focus on the kills, you know. And these ones, they they built a backstory. They built up a really mm-hmm. big story, and I think it helps because they are based on true true stories. And I think that that definitely helps with building up, you know, a, a backstory for a horror movie. But it's just like. That's so important to me as a viewer, is, is having a decent story along with the scares and all that. And these are really, I feel like it's rare for a slasher to really do that well. Mm. And these, the, the, this movie, along with uh, Mad Men and The Burning, I feel like they did do that. So um, I definitely appreciated all these movies for that reason, especially.
0: Did you guys have anything about the movie that you didn't enjoy so much? Because I know I do. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, not so much that I didn't enjoy, but I will point out it was very awkward to see the comedic relief Like in the one Deputy Spark plug, they had him dressed in uh, drag. Yeah. to kind of attend that party i was like whoa this is a little out of left field uh for this <laughs> you know for the tone of the movie it, it just it had its silly moments and i guess i didn't mind it as much it just cut but at the same time it felt a little out of place
0: that's 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 really my biggest complaint is i anytime it really shows the cops like, because it's on them if i feel like it shows that they were really stretching for ideas to find this killer because they were literally going off of nothing but at the same time, like you said, Steven, it was very out of place. Like, you have this very dark tone with the slasher or the, the phantom killer, and then you have this, like, almost comedy. Like, I felt like I was watching an old comedy while I was watching the, any part that showed the police besides the ending scene. And at the same time, too, I felt kind of like, I don't want to say annoyed, but, you know, it almost made it look like the cops were idiots.
2: Or weren't taking and it, it serious. And it
0: weren't taking it serious, and it's, like, I feel like that was very much opposite in real life. Where yeah, because
1: you had a whole town in fear.
0: Yeah, and, you know, it you almost get the, the sense that, like, they didn't care as much, really, because they're like, rather than take it seriously, let's really focus on finding this guy. You have them dressing in drag and, you know, just weird stuff. And not even just that, but just... Like, for example, the first really scene where it shows the cops where Sparkplug can't find the keys and he's tearing the desk apart. And they're like, it's right there! What are you doing? And like, it was a totally unnecessary scene, but...
2: It's funny that you bring that up, too, because I, I agree with you. I think that the cops are very silly. And it's funny because at the end of the movie, they even bring up the fact that the cops that were involved in that investigation searched for the killer up until their deaths. Like, they were involved in trying to solve this case until they died. Clearly, they were not acting like idiots on the job. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, so shit, if I had that
0: good of a time while searching
3: for a killer, then maybe I'd do the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I I don't know. I kind of disagree with that, because, like, I enjoyed that part of it.
2: I thought it was fun. I just thought it, it didn't fit like, well.
3: Like, I don't think that it fit. So, when you're, for me, watching it, and this was my first time watching the original, like, we've discussed i saw the um the newer one or the remake or however the reimagination however you want to look at it so for me this was like this was a, a first time so i'm watching it and one it felt like it was filmed in the 40s with the exception of like obviously it not being black and white and it being colorized and stuff like that the props and stuff that they use were very true to its time like you can see the way that people were dressed and the vehicles used and it has that old 40s feel to it which i appreciated. So seeing the uh that like comic relief was odd. Like i see what you guys are saying with it being odd, but i feel like it kind of added its own like little twist to the movie because when you think of like the early slashers like you were saying they're so focused
1: mm-hmm. on
3: <laughs> The ass, blood, and guts, and you don't get like a solid story. So, seeing this and seeing that it a it has a really great story, but it also has these little quirks about it that make it such a different movie. Like I, I liked the little pieces where it was comical. I also really liked that they had the uh, narration through it. I thought that that was a really I unique because too. those those early slashers and even a lot of the the horror movies that came out of the sixties they relied so much on that, like, creepy, eerie music, where this didn't really do that. The narration kind of, like, played more into that, and I thought that was what just made it a really unique film. And I think that's why I enjoyed it so much. So, I didn't really mind that comic relief so much, because it kind of just added to it for me.
2: I almost wonder if they purposely made the comedy scene like (coughs) older style comedy, because it almost reminds me of watching, like... Andy Griffin? Like, yeah, anything like that. Or, like, Danny Kaye, (laughs) or even Abbott and Costello. Like, that, like, cheesy old-school comedy. I wonder if they Mm -hmm. almost picked it to be that way, to be more reflective of that time period. I don't know. Like, that's really looking in-depth into it, but maybe.
0: I do want to talk about the ending scene a little bit, because I love that. Yeah, with the train. Um,
2: Dude, that guy literally got away because of a train.
0: Yeah, I love that scene where the cops, like, they find him in the the sand dunes or whatever they were and he kind of see them from the distance and the chase it was such like a suspenseful thing and I thought it was really cool how they did it and
2: it was not real though no (laughs) it didn't happen they never caught him ever
1: yeah I couldn't imagine that being part of the the true part of the story. Because it's like, you had him, you shot the leg. Clearly, some blood trail would have been left behind. Like, it's a 12-gauge we're talking about. Yeah, So yeah. even though it just grazed him, it, there, you still got, like, multiple shells piercing through the skin. And it would have slowed him down greatly. You know, even if he escaped through the swamps.
2: You know, I just... I, I love this movie. I think it's great. It's definitely one of my preferred dials of horror I love I love 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 like the 70s right before they just got went a little too cheesy with with the um the slasher movies I just think it's all around a great movie and I think it's also really true to the legend and the original tales as much as it could be you know without being exact
1: yeah you know and that's the thing with like Hollywood films is like of course they're gonna contort and add things you know just to make it more movie-like than anything but for the most part it, it did a good job capturing the fear that was brought to that town because you got to think like during the 40s those were the times where no one locked their doors at night mm-hmm. and he, my grandfather says this repeatedly and he always tells me he's like steven i remember a time where everyone knew their neighbor and you didn't have to lock your doors and everyone watched out for each other and then he was like he's like i worry about your kids because you know the world is so crazy now you can't trust anyone. And this was one of those moments where something tragic happened and completely shook up the whole town. And I thought this film did a great job of showing that.
2: You know what else I like about this movie is that it did bring up Yule Sweeney, didn't it? He got pulled over, which he was an actual suspect in the real case.
1: Yeah, you're, uh, you're right.
2: And, uh... I don't think he, they found him that way but well they believe
0: that he was the killer they because, still to
2: this day think that yeah, he was the yeah because
0: when he he got arrested for a different crime after he got arrested for a different crime was when the kill stopped so they kind
2: of and his wife said his wife came up and said that he's the phantom i know he's the phantom and then they said well will you testify and she said no you can't use my word i take it back so they were never able to use that she said that she knew he was the phantom killer that's crazy but I think he's serving like he was serving life in prison for something else anyway for 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 burglary yeah which they they can't give him life in prison for, so I'm assuming that they somehow asser- like They put him away for something else for that crime, you know what I mean?
0: I'm a sucker for true crime stories, which I think is why this drew me in so much, because you know, I've read so many books on true crime, and any any podcast I listen to is generally a true crime podcast, like I'm very, it interests me so much, so to watch this movie that depicts very closely, I would say. Although it says it's loosely based, um, very closely depicts the actual murders that happened and everything. It, it well to the point me. where they
2: even filmed in Texarkana, right? Didn't they? They filmed in Texarkana.
0: I believe they did. Yeah. Yeah, because. Yeah, because they were showing that in the re, uh, the sequel, they were bringing, they were going to the different locations where the movie was
2: filmed. We actually found yeah. this movie, Dylan and I. I don't know about Steven and Erica how they they came about it, but Dylan and I never saw this movie up until we saw the documentary killer legends you know we watched it we heard about the moonlight murders and they mentioned the movie and i was like i have to watch this and i think that night we watched this movie and immediately was like yeah this is all up my alley i love this movie this is the style i like this is my favorite style it was great i loved it
0: well the movie was very it really wasn't released wide um i think in the 80s it had like two Releases on VHS that were very limited. But other than that, the only time to watch the movie would be if you caught it late night on television, up until the DVD release, which was in, I want to say, I read it was in 2013, and then the Blu ray release, which is, we bought it on Blu ray when we watched it. And, but I think that that's interesting that the movie has gotten a
1: pretty cult following. But
2: it wasn't really but it wasn't released. very.
1: it wasn't a very big movie. Yeah, like I saw that, I discovered this movie by accident. I don't remember where. I think I was just on a horror movie website. And, like, they were releasing a T-shirt and the image just caught my attention.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's how I discovered But then I later discovered the documentaries of, like, propsy and Shiro- the Urban Legends one. And I was I, I liked how they brought that up and I was like, Oh, this is a pretty cool connection. But overall it was a even though it was a random discovery, it was a pretty awesome one because I have grown to like this film. Even actually the reboot I thought was pretty solid.
2: Yeah, I thought the remake was. was really good for a remake. Yeah,
0: I mean for asking for opinions on uh on Instagram, a lot of people actually responded that they preferred the sequel to the original, which I thought was interesting. It, the The sequel, I think, it does it is a very unique thing because it acknowledges that this is a movie. It, it almost pulls a uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare, where it acknowledges this is the movie, but now there's a real killer. That's the similar style.
1: Yeah, I could definitely see the connection there.
2: It's it's funny because it's like a remake, but a sequel at the same time because. Yeah. Everything happens pretty much the same as it did in the original one. Well,
1: it's a
0: copycat killer, yeah. But,
2: yeah, exactly. It's like it, it's like a remake and a sequel all rolled into one.
0: I really enjoyed the movie. Like I said, I love how closely it followed the actual story because I do love true crime. And um, I really enjoyed the killer, like the, what they did with him with the heavy breathing and the like very cold eyes. I think it made for a very scary killer. I like that he was smart rather than just a mindless... Go around kill people, kind of person. I did, however, dislike the comedy parts. I feel like it took me out of the movie at times. Um, but overall, I don't think that it did it enough to where it ruined the movie for me. I'm going to give the movie a 7.4.
2: I love this movie. I think it's right up there for me, probably in my top 10 favorites, which I think is kind of funny because it's not, I don't know, I think it's a great movie, but I can see why a lot of people wouldn't absolutely love it. I'm going to say probably half of the points that I give it are going to be all based around the killer. The Phantom was so well done in this movie. So beyond well done. He was really creepy. Like Dylan said, intelligent. Ah, so creepy. So great. And I just loved it. I'm going to give it an 8.5. I really really enjoy this movie.
3: This was my first time watching it, and I've said that. And I really enjoyed it. Um, I've seen the remake, or whatever, and I really like that too. I thought standalone, it was great, and then seeing this and kind of seeing some of the differences and the similarities in it, they're both really good movies, but this one, it just had so many things that were so different about it and really made it stand out, especially as a horror movie, and I really enjoyed all of it. Um, Like I said and I touched base on earlier, I really like the narration. I thought that was really cool. Um... I like what they did with the killer. Like Dylan was saying earlier, just the way that his eyes were and his heavy breathing and how you could see that. That's what... I would have liked to see with the first Jason movie. So I think it was very very well executed. I liked the little comic relief parts. I think that while they were cheesy they were really funny and I remember the part where Sparkplug was talking to the lady about her son and he basically was like, you know, if I have to come down there again I'm going to kick his ass. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just thinking in my head like you know, could you imagine if cops did that now?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was definitely a time Because even (laughs) back then, like teachers could hit a student. So
3: exactly, yeah, and it it just shows you the time difference. It really does. Yeah. So I'm gonna go ahead and give this one. I'm gonna give it an eight. I really liked it, and I think that if you're a fan of early slashers or even like Dylan said, true crimes, this (laughs) is right up your alley.
1: So uh, I have to agree with a lot of you guys. So. I'm gonna try not to repeat myself, but uh, one things I could, one thing I could definitely pull out from this was uh, showing the initial fear that that town that went, really went through. I think the film did a great job of portraying that. Like I said, the whole everyone changing their locks, buying out every gun because again this was during you know just during that time period of you know when people felt more safe and secured this did a good job of showing just how sh- shook up the town was also again the killer the phantom killer uh, great great character again all i saw was pure malice behind his eyes the deep breathing added all the effects to it uh the trombone on the knife was such a creative kill even though that didn't really go down that way it still added to a great effect in the movie where it made you feel kind of uncomfortable. Also, um, the part where the one husband is shot through the window. I mean, in our homes, we feel most secure and here's a a man running around and shooting people through their windows. That's, That's fucking terrifying, all right? When the minute I start to feel unsecure in my home, Is when shit is really bad. So it did a good job of making you feel like not even in your home you're safe. And also you can't help but admire, like, pretty much the legend and folklore that, you know, this story has built up. So with that being said, I'm gonna give this film 7.5. So
0: on average, that gives the film an average rating of 7.85. So
2: 7.9.
0: We also asked everybody on Instagram to rate this movie and we would give an average.
1: Alright, so then. Let's give it an average viewer rating.
0: Alright, so the average viewer rating
2: is
0: a 7.4, so not too much off. Oh, yeah, not that off. And that's how cool. you
2: know we rate things right. <laughs> <are>. You can <laughs>
0: trust our opinions. <laughs> Anybody who uh, gave a rating, thanks. We appreciate your feedback.
1: Absolutely, keep them coming, keep them coming.
3: I love that you always give them a thumbs up. Yeah, I, I always give a thumbs, thumbs up when we're recording, but we nobody really can see me. That. <laughs> we have to take a picture of Steal it. Feel
2: the some,
0: thumbs in your again. heart. One of these days, you guys will get a picture of just the thumbs up. <coughs> and then you'll
2: know.
1: This summer, if you're planning to go camping, don't. If you're looking forward to midnight swims, don't. Just build us a fire. Don't be wrong. And if you're thinking about being with someone where no one can see you, don't because this summer, a legend of terror, isn't just a campfire story anymore. They say he smashed his way through the bunkroom door, just a mass of flames. Burn alive! Fried out! I will return! I will have my revenge!
0: All right, so the next one we're going to talk about is The Burning. It was released in 1981. So the movie follows a group of teenagers camping along with two counselors. They're on, like, a island that they're camping on. or I don't know if they're it's an island. They're doing a
2: canoe or... trip, a three-day canoe trip.
0: Yeah. They're being stalked in the woods by a killer who's severely burnt. He was burnt in the beginning of the film by a bunch of teenagers at the camp who... One of the teenagers at the end of the movie, spoiler alert, turns out to be... Todd! Todd, the counselor that was watching all of the campers.
2: It was an accident.
0: I wouldn't say it was an accident. I wouldn't say it
3: was an accident.
0: Those kids were (laughs)
3: shits.
2: No, they were just trying to scare him, and then... Okay, we're getting into this movie right now. All right, I'm going to talk about the crazy chain of events that had to happen to lead to the cropsy guy getting burnt, all right? First off, they put a skull with little candles in the eye sockets in his room to scare him and then they tapped on the window to wake him up he woke up knocked over the lit skull onto his blanket then stood up and he happened to have a huge can of gasoline next to his bed and then that caused him to light on fire like it was a ridiculous chain of events i do not blame the
0: camp counselors not only that but then he runs out rolls down a hill (laughs) the
3: embankment from hell yeah
2: my backyard. Yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> but they like they didn't even try and put them out though. They just like huddled there. Well, were they like, probably
2: scared? I'd, okay. I'd probably run. I'd probably be like, "No, fuck this shit! I ain't getting caught." I'd be like, "Yo, my mom's gonna kill me!" <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You'd that's
0: run.
1: What, that's what they were probably thinking.
0: Like Sierra mentioned, the movie is based on the legend of Cropsey. Cropsey is a folklore from upstate New York, New Jersey, Jersey. region. It's normally like a campfire tale told. (laughs) Anybody who's seen the documentary Cropsey would know the story, but basically there is a old insane asylum in the woods where kids would go missing and, you know, the legend was Cropsey took them. And that was but, in New York, right? Yes. And it's, it's yeah, kind Vaughan of Yeah, like, Long Island. Yeah, it's kind of like a boogeyman story almost. It's like, um, I don't want to say like Slenderman, because Slenderman is a creepypasta, but you, you get that vibe like, oh, the boogeyman must have taken them.
1: You know? Also, he was using like underground tunnel ways to get access to the kids, I guess. Some but shit like that.
0: Cropsey, I don't think he originated as that child kidnapper though i think he was an old campfire mm-hmm. story like even before that if i'm not mistaken i could be wrong I haven't fact checked myself but he's a
2: creepy guy he... who likes to take
1: also the the, the main character or killer in this movie is named cropsy so they definitely yeah. had no problem showing the influence on the film from that legend yeah
0: mm-hmm. i love the ending of the movie too it's not with just the face a, reveal. Not even the face reveal. The very end, where uh, it shows that the story is just being told at a campfire, and the way the guy like looks at the camera mm-hmm. and says like "You're dead" or whatever, whatever he says. It, yeah. It it very much is a throwback to like sitting around a campfire telling ghost stories, much like we went over last week with the Friday the Thirteenth episode, where it was almost like a nostalgic thing, like being away at camp or being camping and like just telling these ghost stories and like i said earlier in the episode also like just having a, a legend a local legend or a local folklore that just scares the town and it's almost like a fun kind of scared
1: yeah this is an it, it is kind of a local legend because all this shit went down in new york the cropsy legend and even the movie was filmed i believe in buffalo but acknowledges that it takes place in new york as well so it's like it's you know I mean, it's very, very upstate New York, but, yeah, you know, it's it's cool to see that, you know, it was filmed in Buffalo, but also acknowledges the fact that it takes place in New York, and you get the shots of the city and everything. It's just, It's got that homey feel to it, like we mentioned in Friday the 13th, because, like, we're from the woodsy parts of New York, and we kind of, you know, can relate.
2: Yeah. We are the Cropsies.
1: I wouldn't it's
0: say processes. Processes. We,
2: ain't, we ain't kidnapping kids. or anything. I don't know. All I'm saying is if I'm going to my normal campsites and I see some idiots out there, I'd scare the fuck out of them. I'd fuck with them pretty bad. <laughs> but, I can't stand them because they trash my campsites and my swimming holes. True. Don't go to my swimming holes.
0: <laughs> but uh, <coughs> I really love this movie. I honestly had so much fun watching this movie.
2: <laughs> I think that this is what... Okay, so last week we did Friday the 13th, and I was, like, kind of, not totally disappointed, but not, like, totally, like, in love with it like I thought it was going to be. This is what I wanted. This movie is what I wanted from Friday the 13th. So I'm so glad that you recommended it, Steven, because this was the Friday the 13th I wanted. It was so good. Such a great story that they developed. Like... Dude, he literally killed like five teenagers on a boat at one time.
0: That is the best team. Yeah, them. yeah. Them the
2: whole movie. with scissor with hedge clippers.
1: Yeah. Fucking so tough. Which that the hedge clippers
0: inspired for Clock Tower games. I that's what I figured. I I didn't say anything to Sierra cuz I was like Sierra's not going to know what Clock Tower is, but uh, yeah, I saw that and I thought of the first Clock Tower game with the the killer in that, but yeah. Um yeah, no, the boat scene was awesome. I loved... Because when we were watching it, Sierra and I were sitting... Because this was the first time that I watched it, Sierra watched it, and I believe Erica watched it. Yeah. Um, But we... Sierra and I watched it together. We didn't watch it with Erica. And we're sitting there, and we're like, the girl's a dead body who he just killed is going to be in the boat.
2: Yeah, and we and we're, we're sitting like, there. they're going to see her body, and they're going to be freaked out. It's going to be awesome. And you it was such
0: it. a great build-up. The... I pointed out to Sierra two when we were watching the camera angles, and they're getting were so excited. Great. They're
2: like cheering. They're like, found that.
0: Yeah, the boat. and it's like the way it shows. Like it shows behind the boat. It's it. It literally showed every angle yeah, of the boat. the
2: side version. But version.
0: in the boat, vo- boat. So we're sitting there and we're expecting to see this dead body. No, you get the cropsy killer fucking popping out with his hedge clippers, kills all of them right there, and up to that oh, point,
3: given.
0: up to that point, I wasn't. The movie takes a little bit to get into the actual killings. I mean, there's a, a couple killings here and there, but it's not right off the bat like kill after kill after kill. So yeah. it didn't bother me that much though because it did have like those <coughs> fun those fun moments of like teens picking on each other and stuff. Uh, George Getting from Seinfeld. George, yeah, George from Seinfeld. Total. <coughs> I laughed, like, the second I saw him, and I said I was like, yo, Sierra, that's the guy from Seinfeld. And she's like, no, it can't be. And I fucking looked it up, and it was. But the fact... This movie came out, like, eight years before Seinfeld started, and he looks, like, 30 years older in Seinfeld. He
3: really does, though.
2: (laughs) I don't know what happened to him. I don't know, but he was the only, like, really great actor in the movie, I feel like. Like, they were all kind of, like all right actors, but he's, he's actually a decent actor.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. He yeah, really I, I love his character. <laughs>
2: yeah, he, he was a great character. Um, another thing I loved about this movie, everybody's accents, they all sounded like, yo, Tony, what's up? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, they're from, they're, they're not from upstate, yeah, no, from no way, no how.
1: Yeah, uh, also, I, I was a big fan of Woodstock. I thought he was, I don't know, There's something wrong that was
0: Sierra, funny. Yeah, Sierra went on and on the entire movie about how he looked like me. And I was no, like, I don't think Sierra. he
2: looks like him. I think he's scrawny like him. So I I wanted to make fun of Dylan a little bit. So.
3: <laughs> I just want to point out <laughs> that this movie and the town the dreaded sundown with the nicknames. How come yeah. we don't have nicknames like <laughs> that anymore? Woodstock, <laughs> uh, Glazer... Glazer, Glazer, oh my god! He
2: was, yeah, he was the worst with the accent, by the way. Did anybody
3: else think that he looked like the child version of Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs? I didn't until you pointed it out, and
2: as soon as you
0: said that, I was like, holy shit, it does.
3: <laughs> he really does.
0: I want to say too, the first time it showed Eddie, Eddie's. <laughs> I was the the first thing I said to Sierra was like, "Yo, he's got rape face. Homeboy yeah, right, looks yeah. like a fucking yeah. rapist," and then he yeah, gets he a little great. too fucking. Pushy in the lake with um I forget her name. They were like looking. Not for- Sally, cause that's. Sal. It no, is Sally. Sal. Oh yeah, that is Glazer's girl. Was it Karen? Maybe. I yeah yeah it was Karen. Yeah. Because
1: uh, Michelle was the other counselor.
0: Yeah, it, he gets a little pushy in the <coughs> lake with Karen, and I'm like, yo, I fucking called it. And then like ten minutes later, Glazer's doing the same fucking thing, and I'm like, what is up with the-? like. There's a difference between horny teenagers in a slasher movie and just like, straight up... Borderline fucking, rapist? Yeah, borderline rapist. And then you have the fucking kid, uh... The fucking weird kid. Oh, the survivor?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I couldn't remember his name, but I know he was in Fast Times at Richmond High. He,
2: uh... He... Creeping on the girls in the shower. Yeah. Alfred. Yeah, yeah. Alfred.
0: Al- Alfred, there you go. Yeah. He, he's creeping on the girls in the shower, and then he's following Glazer out... Into the woods to watch him fucking screw his girlfriend, and I—I I had a bit of a moment where I was like, maybe this kid's the fucking killer because I don't know if anybody else caught it, but when Glazer gets stabbed by the killer, uh, Alfred like smiles a little bit at first before he freaks really? out and runs away. He likes like gets this little smirk on his face, and I'm like, yo, this kid's the fucking killer. I'm calling it, but he, I, was, <laughs> I was wrong.
1: I was proven wrong. Like I think I think he, he was just so sick of Gla- Glazer's shit. Which, which by you know
0: by the way he's really easy to hate <laughs> yeah I, is. but that uh, that fucking kill was awesome too when he fucking pulls the sleeping bag back and Cropsy pops out of the fucking sleeping bag which oh, we don't yeah. know how he did
2: that exactly because there was no definitely... but I would have had a stroke mm-hmm. no
0: I I I wish they showed it but in my imagination mm. I pictured it as he cut off the girl's head and he was, like, posing as the body Maybe. in the sleeping bag. But it didn't really show it. That's just kind of how I imagined it. It could just be a total plot hole. Now,
2: the only was... thing that I have to say about this movie that I didn't absolutely love, and the makeup artist agrees with me, was...
1: Tom
0: Savini. Was
2: the makeup. Was the makeup yep. on Cropsey. Um
1: <coughs> This was uh, one he of He didn't have uh... enough
2: time, and I don't blame him for it, but <laughs> oof, 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 it was a mess that makeup was. It wasn't...
1: Oh, you're talking about for Cropsy?
2: Yeah, I didn't... I was, like...
0: Yeah, he was given three days to work on Cropsy's total, like, look. And he wasn't happy that he was given such a short amount of time. And he actually has said that he didn't like the overall result
1: of it. You um, know what? For what it was, I, I'd say it worked. It didn't bother me at all. I
0: didn't I just it. thought yeah. it was,
2: like, too pink. Like, when they showed him, it was, like, he was, he was. pink. It wasn't, like... It, 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 I think it was more the color than anything. Yeah,
3: but just to, yeah. t- to not defending it, because I agree, I don't think it was, I it don't was think it was that great. It was almost. Yes, but he was burn victim, and, like, the healing skin from a burn victim tends to have more pink tones to it. I like, Yeah, but I this see was
2: years doing. later, though, like, he wouldn't, his skin wouldn't be, like, that, it would be, like, that weird, dry, you know what I'm talking about, like, scarred. It wouldn't be pink like, uh, like a like fresh a would be, you know Like mean? a big neck.
3: <laughs> yes. I, I do so like... I
0: will say that I preferred that? I preferred his look over... Um, and I might get shit for this. Freddy Krueger. I wouldn't say I preferred his look over Freddy Krueger, but I think it looked more like a burn victim than what yes. Freddy Krueger looked like. Freddy
2: Krueger looked charred. Yeah. Which isn't how skin burns. Mm-hmm.
0: Homeboy looks like some burnt chicken. Skin melts. Yeah. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, no, I I like this movie a lot. Um I know that from experience.
2: <laughs> Skin melts. <laughs> I
0: I laughed the I think the funniest part to me, and I quoted it the entire rest of the night, was when fucking Jason Alexander's character is selling the condoms to, <laughs> to Glazer and he's like yo I asked for lubricated rubbers these are non-lubricated rubbers and I was fucking saying it all
1: night oh, yeah. so he like he can't just say condoms He saying lubricated rubbers,
2: rubbers.
1: <laughs> hey, hey, hey Sally baby what's up Sally baby like,
2: I, dude, he was just you can hear him joke. spitting while he talks <laughs>
1: And that ever since Erica said a
0: young Buffalo Bill, that's all I have in my head. We love
2: to hate (laughs) him. he's got
3: the vibes.
0: Yeah.
2: We love to hate him. It was such a fun movie, man. It really was. Like, everything about it. Like, starting at the camp, the older campers are going to go on this really awesome three-day canoe trip. It's going to be a blast. No, it's not. You're all going to fucking die. Heh. Yeah. They didn't it, all die,
0: I'm sorry. I'm a lot sorry. of uh a lot of controversy that this movie has had is how similar its thought is to Friday the thirteenth. It came out a year after Friday the thirteenth, but the writer who the guy who wrote the movie, he says that he wrote the movie before Friday the thirteenth was released. So I don't know if that's ever been confirmed or
2: I think uh, well, it don't play. really matter because he had a better story.
3: <laughs> it was a more solid story. It was. It didn't leave so many gaps like Friday the Thirteenth did. Yeah, you know, there was depth to it. There was exactly.
0: I will say too. I said it in the last episode, but I I said that I almost would have preferred that Friday the Thirteenth was a standalone movie. This was. Um, yes. they didn't yeah,
1: they did Yeah, there were no sequels.
0: They after didn't this. continue with it. There wasn't even any fucking cheap straight to VHS.
2: I wouldn't um, recommend a remake, but I feel like this movie would translate really well into a remake for this time period. I think that they'd be able to make a really maybe good one.
3: similar to what they did with the town That dreaded sundown. just yeah. kind of like a copycat sort of thing, like maybe like similar. from like
2: the legend of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. I, I think this movie could 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 really translate well into like a modern remake. Um, I wouldn't recommend it because people always fuck up, but I could see a good remake from it.
0: I would highly recommend that anybody who's remotely into horror watch this movie because you like Friday it 13? is fucking fun.
2: <laughs> like I can I can say, if you like Friday the 13th, check this out. If you like campy movies, check this out. If you like Are You Afraid of the Dark, check this shit out.
1: It's great. Yeah, yeah it, it, This film uh, pulls no punches as far as the gore and the killing goes. Like, it's not... Often do you see kids killed in a movie? But like I said that raft scene. Oh, uh, fuck man. What a slaughter. It's oh, how crazy. about the scene too
2: when they're all waiting for them to come back with the boats and they see the raft and they're like, "Oh yeah, the raft." And the kids like I'll swim out like Count Michelle like no, 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 I'm gonna check this out. Like it doesn't seem right. She she goes and she swims out to it and she goes and reaches up and she pulls a whole arm, arm off the boat and then a <laughs> dead body floats up right next to her. That was yeah. like my biggest fear when I was a kid swimming in the creek.
3: I really enjoyed this again, Dylan. Touch based on the fact that this is my first time watching it, and I thought it was badass. Yeah, <laughs> like I could watch this again. Like, I really could tomorrow. Yeah. The killing was awesome. It was, like, it wasn't cheesy. It was, like, done really well. The blood was done really well. The only thing that kind of, like, irked me were there were, like, a couple little oops that I saw. And I think I was telling Sarah earlier, um, the scene on the Um, the raft, rather, mm -hmm. when he goes to cut the kid, the kid has a white T-shirt on. And as he goes to stab him, the blood bag that was under his shirt burst before the hedge clippers even, like, got to him. And he just started oh, like, pouring shit. blood. That that scene actually had a part too. Like s-
0: we're very desensitized, I guess, to like slashers and killing movies. Yeah. This that raft scene had a part that actually made Sarah. Like,
1: ooh.
0: Where fucking he's like gashes the girl's forehead, forehead? open. The yeah. second that happens, Sarah like sh- kind of cringed <laughs> and she's like ooh.
1: Oh, no. Tom Savini killed it. with uh, Besides the Cropsey design, which I did like the face reveal at the end. I liked that they saved it for the end and that he was more of a shadowy yeah, figure. I like that. Like the way, when he pops up out of the canoe or whatever, you just see, like, his silhouette. I thought that was a really good shot before he goes and murders everyone. Also, like I said, uh, I like the quick glimpse you kind of get uh, when Alfred's looking in the window in the beginning of the movie and you kind of see it right there that was like it it almost like leads you up to it and then finally you get that reveal the way they finished even off Cropsey was pretty fucking brutal Uh, it's just uh, like I said uh, this was I think I found out about this because I was reading up on Friday the 13th
0: Tom Savini left the sequel of Friday the 13th to make this movie
1: see yeah. Awesome. I
3: don't necessarily <laughs> blame
1: him. <laughs> yeah, what a discovery this movie was! I loved it so much. I um, I if you guys to- ever wanted to get a copy, uh, this play- They're called Scream Factory. Uh, they they release like a lot of Blu-rays, and the artwork that they do for the Blu-ray covers are just impeccable. So I ended up picking up a copy, I wanna say two Christmases ago of it because I just loved the movie that much. And let me say, if you get the chance, just like look up the artwork, just type in like Scream Factory Blu ray The Burning, holy shit. Yeah. The fucking artwork is amazing.
0: They do good jobs with their shit
1: too. Like um
0: that that's who did the the Blu ray of the town that dreaded Sundown that we have is uh Shout Factory and Yep. And they like the quality of the movie. There's scenes in the town that dreaded sundown that look like they were filmed today, like they really do a good job with upscaling and shit. But
1: yeah, they're great. They're my number one for like horror Blu-rays for sure.
0: Yeah, one part that I loved about the burning was the fact that it reveals that Todd was one of the kids that burned Cropsy. Because the entire movie, we were kind of sitting here like, why is he just killing these random kids? These okay. kids weren't the ones that went after him, like, is did he just go, I fucking hate kids at this point? And he's just like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the fact that, like, I thought that was... Yeah, I thought that reveal was really when cool. When it
2: answered our question, like, our complaint, or one complaint we had of the movie was revealed. Yeah. <laughs> which is awesome.
0: Overall, I'm gonna give this movie an 8.6. I really don't have any complaints about it. it. I just, I wouldn't rate anything a 10, really, unless I felt it was a fucking absolute masterpiece. As far as complaints go with this movie, I really don't have any.
2: I'm going to rate this movie on 8.5. Same as uh, The Time of the Dread Sundown. Again, this is the Friday the 13th movie I wanted. I love it. Right I think on. It's so great. And I think it was a better story. Like, I think they developed their story extremely well, and that's what I like to see. Like, I was saying before.
3: I'm going to give it. Since we're going with weird numbers. would you give it, Dylan? Eight, 8.6. 8.6. I'm going to go with 8.7. <laughs> 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 um... I thought this movie was awesome. Like Sirius said, it's really what I wish they would have done with the Friday the 13th movie. The murder scenes were awesome. And it was, like, not over the top. Like, it was believable. Mm -hmm. The blood was awesome. It did a really good job with color, too. We didn't touch base on that. And that's been, like, an ongoing thing that you know that I like. And I, I thought it did a really good job with that. I love that it had that kind of like token eighties theme music <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> um I, I like that a lot. I just think that it was it was such a well done movie. Like it had a solid story. The the filming was done really well. The raft scene is probably one of the best death scenes that I've seen mm-hmm. in a lot of movies. And It is one that I honestly would like to see remade. Like today, just to kind of see what somebody our age's spin on that would be. Mm -hmm. I think that would be really cool to see.
2: Can I die in it though?
3: If they brought Tom Savini back, I'll get forever. your
2: forehead. <laughs> yeah, I
1: agree. If they brought Tom Savini back to do special effects on
0: Bring him forward. back and give him the time that he needs to make Cropsy. Yeah, because I, I want to know what he had. Em- yeah, I want to see what he had envisioned.
2: If you're listening, Tom Savini, make this dream come true.
3: Homeboy's not listening. Yeah, <laughs> and then you get a DM. <laughs> I'll do it.
2: Tom Savini is sliding into your DMs
3: <laughs> with that lubricated rubber. With lubricated rubbers. With the lubricated rubbers. <laughs>
1: yally baby what's wrong baby you know you like me my rating for the burning is going to be an 8.5 and like Dylan it's the only reason it gets that no complaints it's just for a rating to get a 10 it's got to be a masterpiece but this movie was everything it needed to be as far as a camp slasher film Tom Savini kicked ass in the gore aspects of this and it was so cool to see a New York urban legend brought onto the screen like an inspiration. And although it didn't follow the urban legend exactly, it still it made up for it in its own story and it did such a good job. And it was so creepy in so many ways. You can't help but love the guy from Seinfeld. So yeah, a solid 8.5 for me.
0: Alright, so that gives us a rating of 8.6.
2: Many strange things happen around- He was a farmer, wife, and two children. We used to live in that old house behind those trees. For no apparent reason, went stark, raving mad. He walked into his bedroom. The bodies of his wife and children have never been found. And if he hears you call his name, he'll come for you.
0: Come and get us, Mad Man! <laughs> So, Madman was released in 1982. It follows a group of camp counselors who get picked off a killer named Madman Mars who was killed by townsfolk. He was a dick farmer, I guess. A dick farmer? A dick
1: farmer. (laughs) (laughs) He farmed a lot of dicks, you know? Yeah,
0: a lot of dicks in his days. No, he was a douchebag. Um farmer i think it said that he like beat his wife and shit right yeah
1: mm-hmm. yeah and uh, abused his kids beat his wife
0: yeah he was hung from a tree hanged hung i do this every fucking week Hang. Yeah, <laughs> every we um he's hanged yeah from a tree and hung it. one of the kids they they say like the wh- what exactly
2: happened i fucking okay understand. so someone sang so, the song
1: yeah someone sang the song the
0: fucking okay,
2: old so. dude
1: fuck that guy <laughs> oh my god Alright, so the legend is, if you say Madman's name above a whisper, because he's always out in the woods watching, listening, if you say his name above a whisper, he will hear you, and if he hears you, he'll come for you. So, after the main camp counselor, Max is telling the legend, uh, and it just so happens to be right by where Madman Mars' house is. This smart-ass kid named Richie decides to scream his name at the top of his lungs and toss a rock through Madman Mars's window. Yo, fuck that kid. Oh, yeah, dude, Richie was a fucking douche. <laughs> yeah, pretty much from there starts uh, the summoning of Madman Mars. Where each of the counselors start to get picked off one by one, and then it is revealed that Madman Mars has kept his wife's body, his children's body, and all of his other victims in the basement. One of the counselors, I guess she she tries to fight Madman Mars at the end, but she ends up getting like put on like a hook or something, and dies. But before she does, she like knocks over a candle and sets the place ablaze where Madman's burning, and we later find Richie. Uh who's found by Max on the side of the road who's like traumatized and all he keeps spewing is Madman Mars is real and then it goes to like the camera reveal of all the bodies hung up.
0: That and fucking, uh,
1: yeah, the movie ends.
0: That scene was my favorite scene. He's like, just the way it's like,
1: Madman Mars,
0: he's real. He's real. And it's like a fucking yeah. like zoom in of his face. I was like, oh my yep. fucking God. Um. Yeah, so the reason that we picked this movie for this episode was because Originally, the killer in the movie was going to be Cropsy. Uh, when the people making the movie found out that Cropsey was the killer for the burning, which was released a year before, uh, they decided to change the killer to Madman Mars. But I feel like it does still fit into the the um, episode because the whole Madman Mars thing—he he was an urban legend, a campfire story that was told by the people at the camp. Mm-hmm. So it, it does still fit in the. Episode.
1: Yeah, it does fit in with the episode well. This was another um, movie that uh, not only takes place in New York, but it was also shot in New York. I want to say, I don't know exactly what camp it was, but it was Northampton? Okay. And another little creepy fact uh, there was someone stalking, because a lot of the movie is shot at night, mm-hmm. there was a random figure stalking the movie set standing out in the woods that was seen multiple times. And uh, they asked um, the guy who played uh, Madman Mad Mars to, you know, the this, this scene where he stands up in the tree. Mm-hmm. They, while they were shooting that scene, they asked him, they're like, look around because we keep hearing complaints that someone's like stalking like the set. And uh, they never discovered who it was, but they were getting regular uh, visits. That's crazy. Yeah, so I was just like, "Oh, that just makes it pretty fucking creepy." Because, like I said, a majority of the film is all shot at night.
0: Yeah, one one thing that I found online, I I didn't look too much into facts for this movie, um, but one thing that I thought was pretty funny was. The guy who played Madman Mars, his son was born while they were shooting this movie. Like, while they were in the middle of filming. So he went to the hospital in, like, the full Madman Mars makeup and outfit and everything and, like, held his son for the first time wearing, like, the bloody overalls and shit. <laughs>
1: yes. Oh, that's pretty badass. <laughs> yeah.
0: I do see why you like this movie so much, though, Stephen, because Madman Mars, to me... Looks like the fucking Sasquatch from the Jack Links beef jerky commercials. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got a very primitive like character to him. The, the uh, grunting the, um, and
0: everything. Every time you yep. showed him, I was like, "Yo, this is fucking Bigfoot."
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like a almost like a crossbred. Uh this was again, like I said, a random movie that I found a media play, and I guess like the cover just grasped me right away. And I, I'll say like it's definitely not the best film by any means. Uh, the characters are extremely forgettable. But it's just... I'm a big fan of the story that's a gift for Mad Because I'm a sucker for being around a campfire and hearing like legends and creepy shit and ghost stories. So I thought this movie did a good job of doing that with the opening scene. Minus the singing, because oh my gosh, that was horrible. <laughs> oh
2: my god.
1: Was- <laughs> Hold up.
2: <laughs> we should have learned the song to sing together on the podcast,
3: <laughs> guys. I actually like- texted Dylan last night, and I said to him that it would have been a hundred times better if it was done by Tenacious D. <laughs> yeah,
1: besides this whole singing part, uh, I really like Max's depiction of the story. Also, um, him showing the killing of his kids was pretty brutal. Like, I was like, damn, this is one fucked up individual. <laughs> and then goes and says and orders himself a beer right after he did it. <laughs> I love to I uh, he's like, all oh,
0: those beers that you're keeping against the rules... Save one for me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, Max is more the chill uh, camp director there. Well, he fucking left
0: the whole camp to go fucking play cards and drink beers and shit.
1: Oh, yeah. He was kind of like, all right, I'm taking the night off. Uh, His character I did like for some reason.
0: One of my complaints with the movie was I felt so fucking awkward watching it because of the way the actors acted in the movie. Oh, they were bad. bad. it's not even that they were bad. It's like... I felt like they were all on fucking acid or something. Like, especially the part where they're all laying down by the campfire, and the guy's like, "I love the I love fire, the demolishing of wood." It's like I think there's beauty and destruction, and I'm like. What the fuck Who is talks that? Yeah. That was the point where I looked at Sarah and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" No, <laughs> Sierra I was like, a, Sierra was like, I feel like this is a seventies porno. Like the they're about scene, to have an orgy or something."
2: The shit. scene that got me was like, "What were they getting into a hot tub or something?" Oh yep. my god! And it's like it's like tw- it's like I, it, it wasn't twenty minutes, but it felt like twenty yes. minutes of them it's just like looking at each other from across the hot tub and just like going in circles walking around, around yeah. in the water.
1: With that music? Yeah, yeah, like,
2: 70s porn music. And I'm, like, Mm -hmm. watching it, and I'm like, are they gonna fuck or not? (laughs) Like, (laughs) what's going on, you know? And it... They got the weirdest-looking people to act in this damn movie.
1: Definitely. Uh, My sister and I always, every time we've watched this movie together, we fucking are in tears every time that scene was on. (laughs) It's so weird. It is just so silly. With the characters, though, I will say, though, um... It's one of those where you just got to make fun of them and you root for their deaths because the whole, all right, like uh, going back to the fire scene where the guy sets up, You never know if I'm thinking rational or irrational. I was like, all right, motherfucker. Like, come on. Who are you trying to scare? Like, you're like, you you know how he starts playing with his knife and shit? I was like, dude, who are you fooling? Like, you're no threat. You're a fool. You're a clown. (laughs) It's, It's just so, it was so awkward to watch.
0: There was nothing really that stood out to me, really. And it just, I felt weird watching it. I, the I only, hope my parents don't walk in. The only kill that I will say that I enjoyed for the movie was when the girls trying to fix the truck, and Madman Mars is standing on the hood of the truck, and he fucking jumps down, and it fucking like decapitates her. I was like, dude, that was you pretty know, crazy. Do you know what? what yeah. I,
2: when I look at Madman Mars, what I see those ugly little troll dolls. I can see
1: the, the ones video. with the crazy hair.
2: do yeah, and like the little gems on their belly buttons. That, yeah, that yeah, meant, yeah, yeah, He's like a troll dog gone wrong. <laughs> Do you think he has a gem in his belly button? I hope he has a gem in his belly button. He looks like he might, like, maybe he mines for them or something.
1: I Like I said, the main pull away I got from it was the Madman Mars character and, like I said, the legend. Um, the characters were, again, they were very silly and just fucking stupid and you just wanted them to die. I mean, they said the cheesiest lines ever. Mm-hmm. I know the one girl from Dawn of the Dead was in it. She She played as Betsy. Mm-hmm. Who was like one of the last ones to be killed off? Sorry, spoiler alert, but mm-hmm. trust me, after watching this movie, guys, you're gonna want to see them all die. <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> what I took away from this movie was they did uh, was the killer himself, Madman. I love the legend of him, I love the whole backstory and explaining. And as a kid, I saw this movie probably, I want to say, in the fourth or fifth grade. Really caught my attention was when Richie. Is looking up into the trees and you see the silhouette of Madman Mars sitting there watching them. Uh, that was very traumatic for me. I was actually very scared of the woods for a while <laughs> after that. Uh, and I had an aunt who lived on a very woodsy property. She owned, like, her and my uncle owned, like, at least, I want to say, 15 acres of woods. And they had a room that I had to stay in. And uh, pretty much, it, it, it the way the window was set up, you could kind of see into the trees perfectly. And I would constantly think about that image that Richie saw of Madman, and the way that the wind is blowing the hair, so you can't see the face. It was just very scary. And I thought that scene did a good job of just—I don't know—just adding this creepy vibe to it. Also, um, uh, with some of the kills, I, I like it. Like you said, Dylan, the the capitation with the car—that was great. I liked how you heard TP's neck snap. Mm-hmm. Uh. With when he when he was hanging from the rope, and then Madman pulls him down. Also, I did, I gotta say, I jumped when the one cook opens uh, the door, turns on the light, and boom, there's Madman, and he slashes his throat. <laughs> Scared the shit out of me the first time I saw it.
0: I, I think that my problem with it is <coughs> I feel like the idea behind it was good, and I feel like it could have been a really fucking creepy movie, but I think the acting just totally... I think the
2: writing was off, too.
0: Yeah, like... I feel like it was a very good and very creepy idea that just wasn't executed.
2: Exactly right. Exactly
0: right, yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I'll definitely agree on that at that point for sure.
3: The acting's what got me. I just think that it was lacking and it was it was cheesy and not in... The fun way? The fun way, yeah. I guess, <laughs> like, the way that I like, because I, I say quite often that I like the that kind of cheesy horror. This wasn't it. It just didn't do it for me. Um, it I got accidental.
2: some good
3: haha's out of it that I I don't think were obviously meant to be intentional laughable situations. <laughs> but the fucking end got me. The
1: Madman Mars is real. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the fucking echoing voice. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Is it bad? I feel like going, we we watched the movies in the order that we've talked about them, and uh, watching the burning and going to this, it was almost hard to get through this movie after watching the burning, which I love. I was just like, oh, I was really hoping for another burning. <laughs> I, I was wonder really if that, hoping for another movie like that. I almost
0: wonder if that made it, like, a little biased Maybe. for us, though, that, like, we were in such, like, a high Hyped. mood
3: for me. yeah. yeah.
1: Well, imagine how the movie would have been shot if it would have tried to go with the original idea because not only did they change, like, the title and everything, they completely changed the whole story mm-hmm. itself, you know what I mean? Because they didn't want it to be similar with The Burning. Yeah, it, I feel like it probably would have, the delivery would have been better. Maybe a different choice of actors, I don't know. Another fun fact was uh, Betsy, her boyfriend, was at the time uh, acting, and I don't, I don't remember which character, but he was acting in uh, The Burning. Oh, really? Yeah, so she was like, oh, yeah, my." and she's the one that brought up also, like, yeah, my boyfriend's working on, like, a movie just like this. And they were like, yep, we definitely got to change it now. (laughs) So they were kind of rushed with everything uh, as far as changing it because they were like, well, shit, we're not going to make the same movie. So I guess they kind of worked with what they got and rewrote the script and everything else, and thus Madman was born.
2: I wonder if that's where it went sour is, like,
0: the fact that they had to redo everything so last, last minute. minute.
2: Like, they didn't have time to actually make it as good as it should have been, you know what I mean? Or could have been. <laughs> of- yeah,
1: like I said, there was there was things I could uh, I was able to take out that I enjoyed, but it was mainly just Madman himself, Madman Mars, but uh, the cast was fucking horrible. <laughs> like I said before, I think
0: that this movie had some good ideas, and it had the potential to be a a truly scary slasher if it was executed in a different way and maybe the acting approaches were a little different. Um, Not the worst movie I've ever seen, but I I just couldn't get into it, and I think it was the acting that really took away from the movie. So I'm going to give it a 3.2.
2: I really wanted to to love it, and it, it just, again, with the acting, it was so awkward and strange. It wasn't even like that it was bad because I can even be okay with bad acting. It was just weird acting, like very n- unnatural. It wasn't, that's, a, that's the only way I can explain it. It was very unnatural. It didn't feel real at all. And I think that's my, my, my main problem with it. The storyline is interesting. The, characters, the character of Madman Mars is interesting. But overall, the cast really brought down the whole movie for me, and I'm going to give it a three.
3: I've seen worse. (laughs) Um, I don't think it was total junk. Um, There were things that I liked about it. And I mean, I think that they definitely could have done better. And like Steven touched base on, I think that the burning really hindered that. So maybe if it was done at a different time and a different place, it would have been a better movie. This is one that I would definitely like to see remade. I would Mm -hmm. like to see somebody take it and... And take the time to make it. Take the time to make it and make it the way that it was originally visioned. Yeah, that would definitely be interesting. It would, right? And I think that... Yeah, I would like to
1: see that actually now, too, looking back on it.
3: (laughs) Well, there's a lot lot here. I mean, there's a lot of content. I just think it was poorly executed. Um, I think that given a better cast and... Going with maybe some of the original ideas that they had, they could really go somewhere with it. I like everybody has said the the main character of uh, Madman Mars, I think I think has a lot of potential. So going just based off of watching this movie and not based off all of my okay. hypothetical shit, I'm gonna give it a four,
1: okay? Like I said, it was a movie I randomly discovered when I was a kid. But I think it's funny how it tied into this episode. And by the way, these are all just done by like accident or chance. Yeah, because so we... I had no no idea about the whole backstory of it being related to Cropsy until I read into it.
0: Yeah, we originally were gonna do like early slashers or standalone slasher films, and we realized like two weeks ago that they all had this similar theme of being based on urban legends, so... Or real legends. Or real legends, legends yeah. So we were like, yeah, we have to just make that the the theme of the episode. But continue, Steven.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so with that being said, like, I I agree, Erica. I would like to maybe see, like, a reimagining of this movie because it did have a lot of potential. Unfortunately, it failed to deliver, and that was mainly due to the awkward acting. But one thing I could take away... Uh, some pretty fun kill scenes uh, The Legend of Madman Mars himself I really like when max is telling the story uh, I think it, it sets it starts off like it's gonna set up for something you know it, it almost shows that promise and like I said that opening scene with where you first see Madman in the tree scared the shit out of me as a kid so I gotta give it the respect on that aspect. But yes, the characters uh, definitely failed to deliver. And how Richie did not have an encounter with Madman, because there were multiple times where they were in the same area at the same time. And how Madman didn't see him was beyond me. That he was like pretty much only the only survivor besides some of the other kids that got away in the bus. But besides that, uh, again, just going, I was just a big fan of like the Madman character and his legend. And for that reason. And only that reason, I'm going to give this movie a 6.
0: So that gives the movie an average of 4.1.
1: Like I said, it's, it, this is one of those where it, has, it definitely has its little cult following to it. And it's just one of those where it's either a hit or a miss, depending on the shit you get from watching it. You know, for me, it was Madman himself. And if you could, you know, that's what I found to enjoy from it, but you know, everyone's going to have their different opinions and that's why it it has the little cult following that it does. This is either a hit or a miss. So whether you want to check it out, I say, go for it. If not, it's all good. You're not missing out on too much either.
0: All right. That's going to wrap it up for another episode of Horium podcast. Uh, we want to thank you guys for listening. Thank you to anyone who contributed a rating for tonight's episode. We really appreciate hearing from you guys. We love uh, talking to you guys on Instagram and Facebook and any, any social media that you guys have contacted us on. we Love chatting with you, so keep it up with that. Um, You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Horror Haven Podcast. You can also find our full lineup of our schedule and ratings on our past episodes at HorrorHavenMedia.com. Tune in next week where we'll be covering Eli Roth films. We're specifically going to be covering Cabin Fever, The Green Inferno, and Knock Knock.
1: Eli Roth, we're coming for you, and in the next couple of years, I expect a making of Thanksgiving.
0: <laughs> we'll talk about it next episode. <laughs> <laughs> All <right>. Eli Roth, <laughs> slide
2: into our DMs.
0: Slide into our DMs, Eli Roth. All right, uh, thank you for listening, and have a good night. Later, y'all.
2: Bye. Bye.